Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week, we're covering season two, episode eight, The Seven Stages. Seven Stages. Paige, the seven stages were not what we thought they were. No, were they, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of worried going into it. I'm like, because uh, that's what we talked about last week is seven stages of grief is what most people go to. And I'm like, Oh God, we're going to lose somebody. What's going to happen? Right. Like, Oh, who are we mourning this? Like we've, we've lost poor dear Elliot, you know, uh, what's, what's, what's going to happen next. And, yeah. and I, we were definitely going down a dark path and it definitely went another direction. Definitely. <laughs> a lot more lighthearted, funnier, yet still pretty like, major and dangerous i guess in some cases uh yes. stages of grief it could have been bad but <laughs> there are yes. stages of uh paradox psychosis is what we got with this one paradox learning learning all <laughs> kinds of new things new terms with all this time travel business and timeline <laughs> managing paradox psychosis there's a, definitely a little bit of that happening in this episode uh with mm. both fives so uh, so what'd you think of this week's episode? I thought it was another like really good episode. Uh, it had some like major implications and stuff that, it, you know, that happened this week again. But I think this was the first time as we're nearing the end of the season, I actually could really see them like trying to tie things together and work towards a season finale. Mm-hmm. And so that's good that I, I can see that like, okay, we're, they're still building new storylines, but at the same time, they're building them in a way that, you know, they're trying to pull things together. And I like that. I agree. I agree. We're definitely, you can kind of tell where we're at, you know, we're at episode eight. So we have two more to go after this week. Uh, I, I really feel like they're tying a few things up and we're, we're, we're going full force into the conclusion for uh, this uh, season. I, I feel to, I don't know. I don't know if I should say wrap things up because I don't know how they end things. I don't know how much of a cliffhanger. If I had to bet, probably a cliffhanger. But I feel like they are kind of, you know, getting to a little bit of a a conclusion, kind of coming down off of the storyline, while still keeping things interesting for sure, and fun. There's definitely some fun stuff happening. Cool. Well, I'm glad that we're still digging it. This was, you know, a fun episode, an interesting episode, a little bit of a trippy episode, which I'm really interested to talk about. So with that being said, why don't you go ahead and get us started this week with your number five? All right. My number five. And I had a hard time, like, picking out, like, five distinct really good things, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, we run into that sometimes, but that's okay. I think I did all right. It's a a small (laughs) one, a small number five. And it's really just kind of one scene, but it was uh, Reginald and Grace yes. and their situation, their moment. You know, you, we see Grace kind of checking out and snooping around in Reginald's office. And I think it's based off of the like warning that Diego had given her. So obviously mm-hmm. she wasn't privy to certain things that were going on with him and some of his secret life. She really didn't know. She wasn't on the inside in the know. So she decides to kind of go snooping around and she finds this entrance into his secret room where he has all kinds of you know uh graphs and drawings and plans and blueprints and all this kind of stuff and she finds the stuff for the assassination or at least stuff that's dealing with the president and where he's driving and where he's going to be 
Yeah, it looks a little incriminating, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And when she questions him about it, when he walks in, he doesn't give her any straight answers. She's like, oh, he's no. like, you know, I understand that what you're doing is secretive. It was like, but at least tell me that you are not doing something bad. Like, and he won't even give her that. And after that, I think that might be the first real emotion I've seen come from Reginald Hargreaves in this series no. so far. No kidding. Right. Is when she walks out on him, he actually looks like he might start crying. Like it, it did hit him pretty heavy. Yeah, you are right. It was like, wow, Reginald has emotions. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's what I was thinking in this scene. In that moment, he's capable of human emotion. <laughs> wow! Like he, wow! He 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 has feelings because he <laughs> he doesn't seem to show them very often, for sure. I mean, it, he he comes across as such a cold, uh, you know, kind of personality, even towards his own children. You know, uh, so yeah, this was this was definitely a little bit of a different side we haven't seen from him. I think. And there was a one other thing, a note of note that I had noticed uh, on his board. And I don't know if it's going to be important at all or maybe it was just a little throwaway thing, but they they focused on it. The camera focused on it on his board for a little bit. It lingered. So I, I wrote it down, but it said mm-hmm. the televator, the next great mode of transportation. And I'm not sure what that is, mm-hmm. but. So like it, the TARDIS? <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I, I, I noted it and wrote it down because they kind of lingered on it while for just a little bit while she was looking through stuff. So I'm glad maybe it's that important. You, <laughs> I'm glad you made a note of that because I, I, I saw that, but I couldn't make out the full word. I was like, wait, what mm-hmm. is that? And I think my eyeballs were just a little tired and sleepy at the end of the day whenever I did, well, probably both watches, honestly. I did watch it twice, but I feel like like they're lingering on something. And what is that? I, I caught the tell us something. So I'm glad that you that you caught that. You're right. Yeah. They made a point to kind of, like you said, linger. And anytime they do that, you, you're just like, oh, that might be important. Yeah. So. Okay, well, now we're going to have to watch out for that. The televator. Uh, the televator. <laughs> One okay. thing that um, I noticed you were talking about while they were uh, looking what was up on his board, what he had pinned up there. I noticed, and I don't know how relevant or important or anything like that, but we're, we're in 1963 is the, the time that we're in. He had a blueprint or a design or drawing of a space shuttle on the board and this was way ahead of its time because that didn't that design didn't come about until i know that they didn't have it now when did they actually plan and when did they start designing and building i don't remember the exact year but that actual space shuttle uh didn't actually come into play at the play or playstation you can tell where my mind is at i've been thinking about games all day sorry nasa didn't use them until like the early 80s okay so it was all like um yeah. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a space nerd, so I mm-hmm. find these things very interesting, but also I just watched that challenger ser- limited series on Netflix. <laughs> I finished, I started it last week and then finished it up this, this past weekend. Uh, so they, that was brought up during that limited series uh, because that was the shuttle that they took off in and they were talking about some of the design flaws and different things like that and talking about that tragic disaster of course uh but they kind of went into the history a little bit of the space shuttle so i was like oh this is and i'm nerding out like i'm a space nerd um (laughs) so i was like what is he doing with a like a a drawing or design for the space shuttle in 1963 you know that that's like 20 years 
you know, yeah. earlier than, than what actually comes in. So, you know, it's like, was he behind that? Is he doing a little time jumping? I don't know. So just to me, that was what, what drew me because I'm a nerd and I was literally just immersed yeah. in all of this space um, exploration and space information watching that Netflix series. Really good, by the way. I encourage everyone to, to check that out as a side note. Uh, but yeah, I like what you said about that scene with Reginald and Grace. You can tell he clearly has some genuine affection for her. And yeah. he really did seem to be really upset when she just couldn't give him the time to one day reveal his secrets. Who knows when that's going to come, right? You know, mm -hmm. how long will he make her wait before? And I don't blame her. You know, um, you could tell it wasn't an easy decision for her. And it was really sad. So it it's interesting to see what will happen next. We still have two episodes. I don't know if we'll see her again or if that's it. But it kind of brings the picture a little clearer of why he kind of chose her to be the like he made that robot in her image to be the mom to his kids. Yeah. So that like like she was the one he wanted to be a mom to his kids, whether they were biological or not. Yeah. So I guess that would make sense that this was the last time we saw her because then yeah, he it's not <laughs> I don't want a tragic ending for her. So I think I'd be okay in that regard if this was the last we saw of her is her walking out on him after, you know, his own kind of secrecy is his undoing and then he just has this fondness of her moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I like this. I mean, as, as sad as what it is to to see, you know, clearly she's heartbroken and upset that he can't be truthful and straightforward with her. And he's heartbroken that, you know, she can't wait for him to to be honest and straightforward. It's, yeah. a, it's a big ask, obviously. I mean, I'm not saying that she was in the wrong or anything, but I, I just I felt there was pain on both sides and nobody won in that moment for sure. Yeah. Um, so it was really sad. I'd rather see her, like you said, go out this way because I, I thought, oh, my God, she's going to die. <laughs> Something tragic <laughs> is going to happen to Grace. and uh, We're going to have to live with not only like her real life death. It was enough. Her robot death was sad. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> when we, we met her, you know, as a robot mom, that was sad. And she was a robot. She wasn't a true human. So this would be, I think, even worse. Yeah. So good number five. Yeah. It's funny to keep talking about number five when we yeah. have number five in this show. <laughs> Uh, my number five, I wanted to go ahead and talk about Vanya's interrogation. All so right. we kind of jumped to where last week when they were nearly arrested and she gets uh, zonked in the head after a, a, a small demonstration of her power. She ends up uh, in the FBI building. Yeah. And, you know, it's never a good sign when a guy enters the interrogation room and closes the blinds. No. <laughs> Like you should start, I mean, if you're not already kind of sweating and shaking and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? That just, I think is like, makes this situation a hundred times worse when they start closing the blinds. Cause you know, some like, uh, sketchy shit's getting ready to happen yeah. when that happens. So, you know, this guy closes the blinds and he, he really wanted to find out who she really is. You know, he kind of kept pushing her and pushing her and he was really well on his way to finding out she was starting to kind of you know turn that on and demonstrate who she was and i thought dude you don't even know what you're getting yourself into uh and they're not even i mean they have no clue that she has any type of superpowers they're not even going that route but i'm curious i wonder what made them think that she 
was Russian or some sort of Russian spy on some sort of mission because he he starts interrogating her. He's really harsh. And then all of a sudden he throws out a, a Russian question or phrases it in, in Russian and she responds in Russian. So I, I, do we know what it is that made made them make that assumption? Other than just do her we- name. Vanya, you think? Yeah, because he mentions that he says Vanya. He says that's a Russian name, and then she's just like, "Okay, I'm not, I'm not Russian." And then that's when he throws out the, the Russian question, and she responds in in like, "Okay, almost seems so that makes sense, but it almost seems like a little bit of a reach at the same time." (laughs) If that's, but but I really honestly I was like, "Well, what is it that he even, you know, was like, you know, thinking that she was." a spy other than her name but then if you are why would you use your true name i know it's like if you were really a like russian spy I, th- I would think you'd want to be like oh i'm julia or rebecca or sarah i'm betty like, you you know? Know? yeah <laughs> sally yeah why would you you know yep. didn't anybody watch the americans for crying out loud <laughs> come on uh Okay, so all right, that that helps me. That that makes a little bit more sense to me. Uh, but and then you know Vanya, who you know she she throws out her response in Russian, and it's like, man, that immediately raises that dude's neck hairs, yeah. and and he's you know zeroing zeroing in on her when really, most likely Vanya learned Russian when she was younger, along with her other siblings, since Reginald was very insistent upon them learning multiple languages, right? I mean, he even made them, you know, read Homer and learn like real Greek. Yeah. And who does that? It's, it's a dead language, you know? So yeah, we know their uh, siblings so, are very fluent in a lot of different languages. Cause even Allison threw right. that out a couple episodes ago, earlier in the season when they're doing their sit in and some lady, you know, can't you read when asking about the sign that says whites only. And she goes, yeah, like seven languages or 11 languages or something like that. Exactly. And probably some better than others. Mm-hmm. I feel maybe Klaus would not be as fluent as some of the others. And it probably has more to do with, you know, the, you know, just paying attention and the effort put forth in class and things like that as they're learning. So some yeah. are probably more fluent than others, uh, but clearly something stuck with Banya. So it really stinks that it's something like that, that would really raise their suspicions when it was probably just very innocent. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's yeah. anyone bad. However, I do think that Vanya is most likely the child of the Russian female that we saw in season one. And was it episode one, I believe, when we begin the whole story? Yeah, because part of her flashback is that. Right. Yeah, that's right. That. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I remember now recalling that mm-hmm. um, during her little trippy trip that she yeah. had um that funky trip that she had that they forced on her uh but yeah right I, I i don't think that you know it was really told in season one at that time but i think that was kind of the assumption that we all made we knew there was a, a, a russian female swimming in that pool mm-hmm. and then you know she becomes pregnant and gives birth right away and then we have a character named vanya which yes is a russian name kind of made sense you kind of put two and two together and make that assumption so yeah. you're right and then we see it again in her flashback so yes she's russian but not in the way that this fbi guy is assuming so things are not going very well and so when she finally starts to kind of turn loose a little bit and you can see that whatever she's doing i, I couldn't quite figure out what she was doing this guy looks like she was about ready to melt his brain or something the nurse comes up behind her she wasn't affected at all um so i 
was just like confused as to how her uh, power maybe she was just focusing them on him or something maybe. and not every person in the room because that nurse was able to disable her quickly with um i don't know if she had like some ether or something that she was putting over her face to kind of knock her out um so i was like well why why are you so easily taken down like she got headbutted you know with it with a shotgun and she was taken down and then now she's able to be caught up behind and so i don't know i thought well that's you're supposed to be like super powerful Vanya, you know, (laughs) taken down anyway, back to the interrogation. Uh, they later hook her up to some electrodes after she, uh, you know, kind of comes up out of her stupor. Um, so back to the interrogation when they've got Vanya hooked up to all these electrodes, that's not a good sign. Got her feet in some water and then they start blasting her with some voltage. Um, As soon as you see her feet sitting in the water, I know I was like, Oh no, this is not good. not a good sign anytime that happens um and then i'm guessing they're they're wanting to use this as a truth serum do you see what they dosed her up with yeah it was in her lsd it sure was and this is it's something that's based off of you know around the cold war with you know the russians between russia and u.s it is something yes. that is known the it wasn't the fbi it was the cia was, yes, was known for using LSD as a tactic in interrogation or secretly giving people LSD to try to plant or pull certain you know information into or out of people. Of course, it kind of proved to not very be not be a reliable method because you get the information that you're planning or trying to pull out mixed with whatever other crazy hallucinations are having. So it wasn't super reliable, but definitely was a tactic that was yes. used during the Cold War. It certainly was, uh, and and you're right. It wasn't so much the FBI, but the CIA. Uh, there, they did have they did have these mind control projects using psychedelics mm-hmm. uh, for these types of um, interrogation tools. MK Ultra. They. <laughs> sure they they tried all kinds of different things they so yeah they uh didn't find much success with lsd i think they also tried weed Mm -hmm. as an interrogation tool and uh this is i'm reading this from uh, an online source um they say in most cases subjects just got high as fuck (laughs) and laughed their asses off until the cia got bored and transferred them elsewhere (laughs) i mean if i have to sign up for a sort of interrogation I mean, oh, that might be the one I would right. take if, if I have to. If you, <laughs> gosh, if I have to, I'll be your guinea pig. <laughs> Dose me up. <laughs> oh, damn. So I also read that in the 50s and 60s. So we, we know that we're in 1963 right now. So in the 1950s and 60s, the CIA ran a brothel. Hmm. in San Francisco. And this was part of the intelligence agency's project midnight climax. That's this is, interesting. I'm not making this up guys. This uh, yeah. CIA scientists wanted to know what the effects of LSD were on unsuspecting non-consenting individuals, Ugh. namely to see if the psychedelic could make a good truth serum. So yeah, they, they they did that and i've been learning about the different ways of um ingesting or taking 
uh, LSD because I, I'd, I'd never, when they, when they, at first I didn't see what it was. All I saw when the nurse had the dropper or the bottle with the dropper, it said something about acid. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what are they doing? Are they going to burn her? I, I think acid and that's not, I'm not uh-huh. thinking LSD right, right away. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking like a burning acid or something. And when she starts going for that, I was like, oh my God, are they going to burn her eyeballs and, or like melt her eyeballs or something? Uh, I'm such a dweeb. Uh, but- <laughs> Then I learned, okay, go. I kind of rewound and caught what it was. It's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know there was liquid LSD. So there are many ways in which to ingest or take LSD. I think the more popular method or most well-known method is that little little piece of paper. I don't know, not really tab, but it's like a little blotter paper. Um, but I think that's the most well-known. So I didn't realize that they, they do have, it's a liquid LSD that can be applied directly to the eye. Apparently this is for truly hardcore trippers. <laughs> so, um, be warned guys. I, I, and listen, I don't advocate for this. I, I'm just, I'm just, um, reading and I'm a messenger. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't recommend doing any of this. Um, but they say that dosing the eye causes harder trips with rapid onset since the blood vessels in the eyes connect directly to the brain. So I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds pretty intense. And it looks like Vanya had quite an intense <laughs> trip. Uh, but it was it was really interesting, though, because getting to kind of see what happened and kind of explaining a little bit about why Vanya has her amnesia and yeah. we got to take the trip with the butthole surfers yes. <laughs> as our musical guide. I'm sure that you have that covered in your music, mm-hmm. but I, I love that whole scene. I love that whenever she starts feeling those effects of that acid and then it's like the, that she looks down at her feet and it's like, it's just eyeballs. That was really, that gross, was, by the that was way. really was weird. Like, everything was eyeballs, whether her feet were yeah, in it or like, if you notice behind the the interrogator, there was just this giant eyeball that was on the wall that kept moving around and watching her. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was funny the uh, the numbers on the clock just kind of melted. Uh-huh. I I just I love all of that. I love the the real like strange, trippy, hallucinogenic kind of um, you know when they put things like that in in episodes, not just the Umbrella Academy, but you know if, if anyone and I've talked about it before in the show because Jason and I covered it was Legion. Uh, that that's a very kind of trippy kind of show, and the the you know effects that they have are very kind of trippy, and they're just super cool to watch. And that's kind of what this episode kind of brought back for me a little bit. I was like, oh, this reminds me a little little of Legion, so it was a little little reminiscent of that, which was was really nice. But I enjoyed that whole scene where she's just really kind of tripping out and has that whole scene with her with her family with Reginald, and kind of getting to the truth of. Uh, it appears Vanya forgot because she wanted to forget. Yeah. Did you? And um, I think there's a. Um, it's called disassociative amnesia. Which I makes believe is, sense because everything that happened to her in the first season was just trauma after trauma. Yeah. I mean, I think she was totally. I, I mean, I'm not saying she should have caused the apocalypse and and brought the moon down and and killed everyone on the planet. Uh, but I think she was justified in feeling a little pissed off, yeah. <laughs> you know, at what, what had happened to her as a child with her family and how her, she was treated by all of her siblings, including her father. You know, she, she definitely deserves some vindication there for sure. Definitely. Uh, but, uh, Hey, let's not take everyone down with you in your rage. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I thought that made perfect sense. I thought, okay, it wasn't just being hit by a car. It was, I went through some shit and I'm choosing to forget whether, you know, subconsciously. The brain scene was pretty gross. Yeah. I'll admit, I, that, that was gross. You know, and, and we're fans of zombie shows. <laughs> we love the Walking Dead, Pake. We we watch gory stuff. Yeah. We watch people getting eaten and people's intestines getting eaten and pulled out by zombies and walkers and uh, terrible gory things happening. But I can't take a, a sterile looking brain <laughs> on a plate and somebody eating it. That grosses me out. <laughs> Did you? I noticed something really fun about the brain scene. Mm-hmm. Is when she takes a bite out of it, she cuts into it and takes a bite. Did you see where from the brain that she took that bite from? No, that is the frontal lobe, Educate the me. left frontal lobe, <gasps> which is yeah. Based, and I'm not an expert, so take this with a grain of salt. But but based, <laughs> but I noticed I was like, okay, is there some implication of like where she took it? Because I know that different parts of the brain are, you know, controlling different things, and so. I looked that up and where she cut from is the part of the brain that controls memory, cognitive ability, particularly the abilities to focus on and accomplish tasks. And so I was like, that's really cool that they made sure to specifically pick that. At least I'm going to choose to say that they specifically chose that. And it wasn't just a coincidence. (laughs) I, you know what? I don't, with, with so many of these shows, I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> I believe they totally put these things in there on purpose. And damn, good observation. That I totally, I think I was so grossed uh-huh. out that I was literally, you know, like when she takes a bite and she like puts her hand over her mouth because it's like she's getting ready to throw up. I was pretty much doing the same exact thing. Like, oh my gosh, that's so gross. So I, I don't even think I was able to to focus and pay attention like that because I was so grossed out. That was really nasty seeing everyone just enjoying brains. Uh, <laughs> like it was, you know, pudding or yeah. something. Klaus is clapping his hands like, ooh, yippee. <laughs> Yay. It's perfect. It was like the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom scene. You've seen that, right? Please tell me. It's been a long Indiana time, Jones. but... Okay, so, well, this scene you probably shouldn't have forgotten, but when they put the uh, monkey brains in front, I hope this isn't, this, yeah. come on, guys, this can't be a spoiler, uh, monkey brains in front of them, and it was like, oh, yeah. it's a delicacy. That dude is, like, um, uh, thrilled to be having some chilled monkey brains and just dives into them with yeah. glee. And that grossed me out, too, but that's what it kind of reminded me of, was was that dude getting all excited about uh, chilled brains. <laughs> nasty reminds me of when my grandma used to make brain sandwiches oh, that's interesting Ugh. you don't that's a big thing around here let me tell you what i'd try it you know i would <laughs> i thought that isn't that a southern thing i've that never had my it area? <laughs> really uh-huh. brain sandwiches are like a big damn deal huh. around here but you're only allowed to have like uh, one of, oh, I can't remember how often they said that you're supposed to eat them. You're not supposed to eat them like every day or every week. You can only come in so often and eat them because of like some guidelines about consuming beef brain. You're going to have to drop like me that. a pen and I'm going to have to come on a visit. <laughs> I was, you know what? We actually have this really huge festival that got canceled. Thank you, COVID, uh, that, you know, they, they have the brain sandwiches uh, and they sell out. They can't keep up with the yeah. demand. Everyone goes crazy over that brain sandwich and it's just, nah, it's, I've never even heard of that. And I'm very adventurous with food. So I'm on the other side of that going like, 
I've got to I've got to find a well, way to try this. <laughs> take come on yeah. up here and visit me, man. I'll take you. You can have the brain sandwich. I'll have some ribs. Sounds or great. Something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Gosh, got way sidetracked. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, talking about brain sandwiches. Um, but anyway, that was a very long drawn out number five there but I, I there was a lot happening with vanya's interrogation yeah. with um i thought there was a lot to cover there so that was a, a lot i'm gonna try and keep my other ones pretty short <laughs> so what's your number four all right my number four is diego in the commission and yeah. you know we see of course as we i won't even say guessed or speculated because it was pretty obvious but yeah diego has been taken to the commission because lila has made him number one choice for her new security team Mm-hmm, yeah. which we speculated right the previous episode yeah. yep and of course the handler is not really fond of it she's like seriously like the brother of my sworn enemy you're gonna bring him in and try to make him the like part of your you know one of the main parts of your security team and she's not having it mm-hmm. at first until you know she talks to diego for a little bit and he's kind of in a rough place right now where he's kind of fed up with everybody so everything's just kind of like <laughs> a whatever because she asks, like you know where does your loyalty lie? The you know barrel, you know gun barrel to your head. Do you pick, you know, us loyalty to us or to your family? And he says, to myself, to me. And he's just kind of <laughs> over it. Which, yeah, I guess it was the correct answer because uh, she decides to give him a chance and take him up on it. There's a funny little line where Lila was just like, "I don't know if you've noticed, but not everybody around here likes you." And she was like, "Sounds ridiculous, but go on." like so not self-aware at all (laughs) but then so lila takes him into his orientation training thing which is literally just one of those classic orientation tropes of sitting a bunch of people down in (laughs) front of some way outdated video the person like the teacher or whatever in the room just immediately falls asleep doesn't care at all and but Lila speaks to Diego is just like, please don't screw this up. I have a lot riding on this and I don't want to have to kill you. And I was like, relying on Diego to not lose his cool or screw something up and focus on something he doesn't want to focus on. That is quite the daunting task to put on yourself. Yeah. Good luck. It sure is. <laughs> yeah, sure is. And then the video starts and it was, yeah, that classic, just old school. I did. There was one thing I thought was really funny in the video is they had these bit, these words come up on the screen. It said, free coffee. Followed by that, it said, weekly donuts, with a little asterisk next to it. And then the asterisk went down to the bottom and said, fees apply to the weekly donuts. Which <laughs> sounds like a great place right. to work. Uh, you even have to pay for your own grief counseling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they show the different jobs you can have, and one of them is working in the infinite switchboard rooms which immediately knocks him off course and he sees the teachers asleep and that's what he wants to go check out because he's still obsessed with trying to save the president and figure out the timeline and do all of these things. This this hero complex that they keep talking about, bringing up about him is definitely there and he's just so hung up on this and he can't do anything about it. So he has to go check out this infinite switchboard room and see that time frame. Yeah, he can't help mm-hmm. himself. So yeah, that's a that's a good number four. Uh, Diego's actually one of my points too. So I'll just add uh, a little to what what you had said. He, like you said, certainly found himself in a bit of a pickle 
And, you know, at first, I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm just kind of gullible. I admit it. So I was totally just thinking, oh, my gosh, he seems to be really getting into the idea of being a part of the commission. Like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to do now. I'm just going to be a part of the commission, and I'm going to be part of the security team, and this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but then I was like, oh, come on. Uh, so I, I feel like he was just kind of going along yeah. with it, you know, to come, because he's like, he's in a tight spot. He's all alone. He's at the commission. He doesn't know probably even how to get out of there and get back to where he was. So he's hanging back, trying to find his moment. And like you said, found that, uh, in, in the switchboard room. And I realized, Oh, he's just kind of biding his time till the right moment. And he's in the meantime, wanting to use the resources, um, and, and maybe to what, get back to his siblings or, Again, he's focused on being the hero, wanting to save the president, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> and it, it was so, so adorable that during, you know, this time when Diego's trying to figure all of that out, Herb comes yeah. in. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Herb. I hope that we he's, have more of him. Yeah, he's so adorable. Quite a quirky character, but he's he's fun. Because <laughs> he just seems like he nothing is, bothers fine. him. Everything rolls right off his back and he's just rolling with everything. Rolls with the punches. <laughs> He he took having a knife to his throat yeah. pretty well. You know, he's like, I'm Diego. I have a knife. And he's like, I see that. It's shiny. <laughs> I'm her. I'm an analyst. <laughs> I'm Diego. I have a knife. Yeah, he was <laughs> Yeah. Took that pretty well to, to having a, a and, and maybe he wasn't as worried because he knew Diego and he admired him and you know, him and all the siblings and was just like, you know, oh I know all about you and and just seemed so excited to be like even in his presence. And, you know, I think definitely they were kind of using each other because I think Herb saw an opportunity like he can help us. You know, if anyone is probably going to hate the commission, it's going to be one of those siblings. Yeah. Right. Uh, so definitely someone that Herb and his, you know, little group, that resistance, <laughs> if you will, you know, can see where Diego can help them out. And at the same time they can help Diego yeah. out. So fun, fun to see all of that. I really love, gosh, they keep kind of playing up, you know, how Diego and Luther can kind of be dum-dums a little bit. And when Herb's like, you know, oh, you know, a little coupe de top. And he's like, what's that? Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Great line, though. Great line. Um, but they they end up playing on the timeline of, you know, what's going to happen as Diego's insistent upon seeing, you know, when Kennedy begins his 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 parade route and gets to, you know, where he is assassinated, mm-hmm. uh, that's not what yeah, happens. He doesn't have to save the president. No, but he's got to still stop the apocalypse because who, again, is the cause of, of the apocalypse? My jaw literally dropped at that moment. It shouldn't have been a surprise. Really? But it literally, it was just one of those moments where I was like, Oh wow! Of course, <laughs> like that's yeah. It was it was <laughs> fun to see how they tied yeah. it together, right? Yeah. To kind of see that you know, yes, we know Vanya's at this FBI building, and as soon as he said that, he, he's like, "What is that?" He's like, "It's FBI building," and I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. shit!" You know, uh, yeah, I I shouldn't have been surprised. I'm a little, yeah, I'm I'm not happy to ad- admit that that kind of threw me, and it, it really shouldn't have because they kind of kept saying, you know, because they keep, well, it's okay because Vanya, you know, she doesn't remember and she doesn't remember how powerful she is, and she's all calm and chill now. She's not, you know, uptight and and kind of 
like suppressing all of her yeah. emotions like she was so it's all good so i think they were really trying to throw us off and uh, apparently with me it really worked because like, i, I should have seen it coming too. but i know i but should have seen it go. i i that's yeah. where we're at so yeah that was a, a a fun fun little scene with diego and and the banter between the handler and lila was fun as well yeah. so that was a good number four do you have anything else you want to say about um, that? No, not really. I think I'm good on that. Cool. My number four, kind of quick, I hope, anyway, because I've rambled enough, especially about my <laughs> number five. Uh, going back to Ray and Allison's, the aftermath uh-huh. of the little bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now they're in uh, like cleanup mode, like what just happened and what do we do now we've got a dead guy on yeah. our couch and it was so cute i thought of ray thinking that those swedes were still vacuum <laughs> salesmen yeah dude we are past that those guys are not vacuum salesmen it was so funny allison's like they're not vacuum salesmen <laughs> <laughs> hello the poor guy is clearly you know oh, in shock yeah. all uh, of this you know i think he's kind of a lot for him like a lot a lot <laughs> Yeah, he, he was already kind of, I think, dealing with the fact of who Allison mm-hmm. is, you know, that she's kept the secret. And then when he finds out the secret that, wow, she actually has superpowers, you know, he seemed to be taking it pretty well. They kind of fell back into this mm-hmm. rhythm of, you know, their relationship and kind of being in a good place. And, you know, oh, now we got dead bodies or a yeah. dead body. Uh, and, you know, one guy running out the door screaming and he's like, what the hell is going on? Um so they're they're in the middle of that situation, and then Klaus shows up because they've, you know, five well Luther um, has sent him off to find Allison because well they're all missing right they all you know we kind of picked up where we left find off out why and, did everybody you know, not make it to the alleyway uh, where the hell like is everyone okay I mean that's kind of what you would think of right is there had to be a reason why everyone yep. didn't show up so or is everyone okay so go check on you know, this person, I'm going to go here and, and, you know, kind of figure things out. Uh, so when he, Klaus shows up and it, it was super cute because I think it just proves that Klaus is a ride yep. or die. You know, he just casually after kind of, you know, assessing the situation, uh, he's like, so are we burning or yeah. burying? <laughs> so adorable. Uh, I'm like, go Klaus. Don't even ask the questions. Just be like, oh, okay. This is the kind of night we're having. Uh, what, you know, what's the plan here? And, but it was really funny that as he's, you know, looking like he's going to roll up his sleeves and get to work, he ends up sitting on the couch the entire time while they're doing the work. And, uh, and then as it wraps, you know, we see poor Ray kind of getting left while Allison goes to save Vanya, which I'm not really sure, like she points out later, what are they saving yeah. her from? But I thought that was a really touching scene. Again, they had a, I think you talked about it in uh, the, the previous episode when they were getting ready to leave and Allison, you know, was kind of saying her goodbyes there and she's, you know, saying, I can rumor you, you know, that was a really lovely yeah. scene. And I think they had another one here, you know, he understands really and respects and loves her enough to know that this is more important for her and her family and her timelines and all these things. He's like, Hey, I might not understand all of this crazy crap, but that you have to do this. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a hell of a guy and you can tell that what they have 
between each other. They may not have known each other long. I mean, I guess she's been there, what, a year, or they've been married about a year, something of that nature. Um, what oh, what they have no. is real. They both have that true love for each other. And um, I don't know. I kind of worry about what where their relationship's going to end, I guess, or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, really sweet and kind of just funny at the same time. I love we get the again, the mix of some funny things, funny lines, and then we have some true deep emotion stuff happening there. And I, I, I think Ray and Allison are super cute together. I'm um, going to be sad. I feel like I feel like something yeah. bad's going <laughs> to happen where they're not going to be together. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed here. But anyway, uh, that's, that's my cool, number cool. four. Um, what is your number three? My number three is kind of like I said earlier is I was having trouble throwing together five really good solid points. So this one's kind of a, a quick one to run through. Sure. And we already covered some of them, but I just have a little point of like some of my favorite quotes and, and conversation moments from this episode. And I just had a All few right. and some of them we've talked about, but I think some of my favorites is uh right kind of near the beginning when they're at the, in the alleyway and nobody else showed up five and Luther and Klaus are there. And Five is just kind of like, you know what? Fine. Each sibling is on their own. And he walks in and the way that Klaus delivers this, did five just get meaner? Oh, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's, he's still trying to figure out what's going on. And then five's just yelling at him and he's not happy about it. No, he feels bad because he, yeah. he, he seems to have these bad feelings or like feels bad, feels sick after uh, Ben has possessed him. So he's just kind of, trying to recoup from that and here he's got five yelling and going crazy and that was adorable yeah Poor and Klaus. so then he gets up and he has a little exchange with ben where he goes and you you have <laughs> had your possession privileges revoked ben says i regret nothing where klaus goes I back regret nothing. stay out of me i regret nothing <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love those two yes. so much. The Clint moments. Always <laughs> great. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you mentioned a little bit Ray and Allison, where Ray says, there is a giant dead white boy on our couch. And Allison goes, yeah, you know, I'll admit that one doesn't look good. <laughs> and then, yeah, when Klaus comes in and he says, it's going to be one of those kind of nights, huh? So we burn in her burying. Love and it. then, yep, we mentioned that I'm Herb. I'm an analyst. I'm Diego. I have a knife. <laughs> I see that it's shiny. <laughs> and then the last one that I had that I thought was really fun. It's it's kind of a small one, but uh, when Luther and Five enter the bar and they're waiting to to talk to the other Five, and Five briefly explains this time travel paradox situation again, and then he goes, "You got me." And Luther says, "I get you." When clearly it all just went over his head, like in my head right there, it was like a Scott Pilgrim or arrested development moment where I heard him going, I get you. And then I hear this like voiceover going, he did not. <laughs> did not get him. Yeah. yeah that little narrator. Yeah. 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 I, I related to Luther in that moment. Cause I was like, yeah, man, I don't either. It's okay. All right. We'll just I followed you this far. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll I'll pick it up as we go along. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I really had as a number three was just a couple of little like conversation moments and quotes I thought were really funny. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll add one because I had one cool. from my notes. Uh, the handler and Lila, their interaction when 
Uh, they've got Diego there in the office, and the handler says to Lila, "Your your vagina needs glasses." Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like that. Now I know what my problem is. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's there the line. <laughs> yeah. Just add to that one. I'll, I'll use that. Check that out. <laughs> yep, got that. That was great. Yeah, it's it's always fun to kind of revisit some of those, some of the the best lines and favorite lines because there's so many good ones. Oh yeah, um, a lot of great good one liners. Yeah, and they they play them off so well. I, I they're doing such a great job. I think with yeah. the acting, Lila's really fun. I mean, I I don't quite know where I've landed with her just yet. How much I like her, how much I dislike her. I think she's fun. And I, I like her in some ways, but um, I'm still kind of annoyed with her. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not quite sure she's a good guy or a bad guy. Maybe it doesn't matter. I guess you can like the good guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she she does a really great job and I like her delivery. And um, I think her and Diego are kind of fun together. Um, yeah. But there's some really great acting. So these, everyone really is like... They know their characters and they're really nailing those lines. Yeah. And, and their delivery is great. So, yeah, good. always good to kind of pay some tribute to that. Well, that's awesome. I love that. My number three was Diego, which we've talked about, and I kind of added uh, to what you were mentioning about him earlier and all of that that happened. So um, I think we're ready for your number two. All right. My number two is Five's Plan, which is my favorite Drake song, by the way. Uh <laughs> I look. I'm old, Pake. I I don't. I know who Drake is, but I have not heard any of his music. So I'm. That's a little lost on me. Yeah. I'm sorry. God's I'll plan. That. God's plan. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Five's plan now. No. Um. But yeah, I noticed. You know, at the beginning of the episode, Five says, "You know that unless I have to do the unthinkable," and I was like, "Ooh, what is this unthinkable plan?" Because I figured he wouldn't want to stoop any lower than making a deal with the handler. Mm. But then. We see what his unthinkable plan is, is where he has planned to meet up with his older, younger, future, past self. Ow, my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to yeah. get that paradox psychosis <laughs> right? if I think about it too hard. Yeah. But yeah, he wants to meet up with that one, the other five who's in this timeline on a mission to ensure that the president's assassination happens. And then he wants to retrieve the briefcase from the other himself so that he, because the other him, he can jump in time on his own. So then he has the briefcase to move the rest of his family to where they want to go instead of having to just base it on chances, which is what got them here in the first place. But the downside is, as we see, you know, the title of the episode we've talked about are these seven stages in paradox psychosis which are one, denial, two, itching, three, extreme thirst and urination, four, excessive gas, five, acute paranoia, six, uncontrolled perspiration, and seven, homicidal rage. And I love that these are delivered by five as he's staring directly down the camera. And the little, yes. the, the, the titles, the stages are popping up on the screen in this white Umbrella Academy logo font. And then then we get that last one. It's in this menacing font in red, just homicidal rage. So yeah, I love that he does that. And so then they take that plan into action, which went a lot better than I thought it would. Because I was Mm -hmm. waiting for this to go south real bad. But I guess they picked kind of a public place so the other 
five couldn't react too badly and then sends Luther in as kind of the the wingman to start it which was crazy enough because to to five he's been jumping through time never to see his family again as far as he knows and then for Luther just to show up has to be quite mind-boggling for him only for Luther then to be like yeah I got somebody I need you to talk to and it's you from the future but you'll think past and Time travel's crazy. <laughs> so funny. Then, yeah. Luther's just <laughs> Which he was hilarious. doing pretty good, uh, honestly. I was like, hey, Luther, you're actually handling this job a lot better than I thought you would, so good for you. Yeah. And Five comes out to talk to himself. And I noticed the, the actor that played the older Five actually did bear quite a resemblance to Aiden Gallagher, which I thought was really cool. He did. Yeah, I was uh, quite impressed. And, you know, not just in the looks, but then even I noticed, like, the way that he spoke and his mannerisms and delivered everything was very spot on. I was like, they did a really good job with this. Snarky lines about, you know, I have pubic hair smarter than you. You know, definitely something you can imagine the younger version of Five saying. Yeah. So that was kind of their plan. And, yeah, now I'm not really sure what's going to happen because it seems like our five, the younger looking five that we've gotten used to is maybe assuming that the other one is on board with him, although he doesn't trust his past self, which he knows himself pretty well. So like, I don't trust him. And he's like, but he's you. He's like, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But then it seems like the older looking five has his own plan where he just wants to kill the younger looking one, you know, leave him in this time, get rid of him since he is himself and just take Luther back to 2019 the correct way, the original way that he was supposed to have shown up now that he knows how to do it correctly. But then wouldn't that Luther of the past show up with him to 2019 Luther? That's there's a whole right. Wouldn't they <laughs> run into the same issue? Paradox of again, paradox yeah. Psychosis? Yeah, yeah. If you're too close in proximity of your other self in that timeline. Yeah. And yeah, so it, I don't know how much help Luther could be. He's going to have to hang out somewhere else in, to prevent that from happening, you would yeah. think. Um, and then the events leading up to the 2019 apocalypse would probably still happen. It's Man, that's the, the paradox and the time travel. Mm-mm. I'm kind of with you. I'm like, it gets to a point where I'm like, you know what? I should just stop trying to figure it out because I'm going to end up with a migraine. <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> brain really starts to hurt. And I, I feel like you, you can't think about it too hard in yeah. these kinds of shows because one, they're probably just not going to make any sense. Um, and, and two, you're just not really going to be able to figure it out anyway. Yeah. And, you know, you know I'm just going to sit back and see what they do and see what happens. I'm and I'll, I'll see what take happens. it at face yeah. value then. I'm just going to ride this out and not question it too much. I think think we kind of did that a little bit before in one of the other episodes going, well, how could this happen with this and that? And it's like, you know what? We're just going to stop because yep. just go with it. we're not going to get anywhere. We're just going <laughs> to go with it. We're just going to – I'm just here to be entertained. I'm not here to break down their errors with time travel because what the hell do I know? Um if it's not from, you know, Back to the Future or, you know, one of those shows or movies, then I'm out. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite enjoy Quantum Leap. A lot of good good stuff you find out in Quantum Leap. Good show. It's aging me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 
five in his plan was actually my number one. I'll just move it up to my All number right. two to kind of coincide with what you're saying. I was trying to look at my notes here and just, I also, I, I thought it was funny. That was going to be my question to you was, did anyone else think that he was gearing up to go seduce the handler? As that was his, oh, yeah. his desperation. <laughs> Powdering himself up a little bit. It was like, and she made quite a remark what we mentioned a little bit last week. So I was like, oh, Wait. God, I hope that's not what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. It went to a really weird place when she said that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that we are looking at the, like the outward appearance of a teenager, but he is an old, much older gentleman. And I thought, is this where they're going? Or is he hydrating himself? <laughs> and then powdering himself up in many, many places to go seduce oh, the man. handler. Like that's his, uh, because it, he said it's a desperation move. Yeah. Not, it crossed my mind definitely, but I'm really glad that's not the case. Is I am so glad that's been not much more like, awkward to really break down and talk about. <laughs> I, I I would I think I'd probably just have to pretend all of that didn't exist, yeah. and let's just talk about other things in the episode, and we're just going to pretend it didn't happen because I don't think I could go there. So I'm really glad they chose not to go there, but I think I think they were trying to make us believe that at least for the first minute or so, yeah. like oh he's going to the handler. Um, and I, I, I found it quite funny also that Five holds himself in such high regard as he's talking to Luther when he says he's arguably the best assassin in the continuum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't lost that ego, that's for no. sure. Um, and then, yes, the scene where he, or the, the specific time when he's talking out the seven stages. And I, and I thought, oh, yeah, we were wrong about those seven stages. This is where we're at. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked uh, the conversation that he has with himself and any other show when you say those words out loud sounds crazy, but somehow makes sense when you're talking the umbrella. Academy. Definitely. Um, and, you know, that's when, you know, five. What I thought was really interesting is that's when we learn that five defected from the commission when he was in 1963 yeah, and uh, ended up jumping to 2019. And then that's where we come into season a one, yep. um, you know, and, and that something went wrong and he, instead of coming through the other side as himself, as we see him in there in 1963, he comes across as his 13 year old self mm-hmm. um, that, that we see now. So I thought that was an interesting piece of information, uh, kind of getting a little background information. Um, something else that happened during all of this exchange when the older five is in the bathroom and he is holding that eyeball yeah, and finding out that Luther comes in and that was the same eyeball that Luther was holding when five found him in the apocalypse, when Luther was, was dead in the rubble and, but he was holding this eyeball. I'm going to tell you, I was stuck on that so hard (laughs) when we covered season one. I kept wondering, I kept speculating, where did this eyeball come from? Who was it from? What did it mean? Uh, And now it meant nothing. It was pretty Uh, insignificant. Luther "Eh, Luther just kind of writes it off like, "Ah, I don't worry about that as much as you're going to. Don't spend any time on that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, thanks for tying up that loose end right. and for making me spend so much time on it and think, oh, this is something significant. This means something. You know, <laughs> this person had to have meant something. Why is Luther holding this eyeball, you know, as, he, as he's lying there dead? What did this mean to him or what did it mean to what just happened in this apocalypse? And, and they've all died. It meant nothing. Yeah. It meant nothing. It sent five on quite a 
adventure in the first season trying to figure it out, but sure did nothing. Sure did. <laughs> yeah. So there, there goes all my time and efforts uh, wasted, but Hey, good to see a, a loose end being tied up. Yep. So I, I think that's kind of leads into what we were kind of talking a little bit earlier about, you know, kind of tying some things up, but also kind of leading us, you know, to, to a path of getting to the end here of the season. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens next. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shit show between the two fives. Oh, man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm ready to see that. It's going to turn into a time travel paradox version of, of the princess bride. Well, which one are you going to drink? Who's going to do what? Who's trying to betray who? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be funny because I think it's funny to see five uh, kind of maybe so not in control yeah. of himself. He's so logical he's finally matched with somebody who's himself it's himself like there's no match for Mm -hmm. five except for his himself (laughs) and i i cannot wait and and not just that but because they're experiencing that paradox psychosis and it's hilarious because Luther's like oh my god who do I believe you both are wigging out you know <laughs> you, you both have a screw loose right now I don't know which one of you to believe yeah. um and they're so convincing like I am fine I am not experiencing psychosis I am of complete sound mind and he's like okay denial's uh, the first step never... so uh <laughs> exactly he's like you know that's a, that's the second stage well well denial's the first one mm-hmm. Yeah, Luther was hilarious. So he's he's struggling. Well, who who am I supposed to be believing? Whose side am I really on? And and we're not quite sure where is he leaning. Is he just going along with it because we kind of have to because he has the briefcase yeah. and we gotta we gotta just see this through. But it is really funny because uh, you know just seeing that no one is a match for five except for himself, and they're both kind of wigging out, losing their shit. So it's it's funny to see five not so. Uh, calm and logical and prepared he's he's definitely you know beside himself so it's 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 fun to see that side of him aiden gallagher's so good oh yeah so yeah that that's great um what's your that was also uh well like i said I, i'll just move that up to my number two i'll replace i'll switch my numbers all right um what's your number one my number one is vanya and we Talked a lot about her being in FBI custody and stuff like that, which was a lot of my notes. Mm-hmm. But we have a few other little things, or at least I have a few other little things about her that I could go on. Uh, yes, what do. The title card watch that I've been doing is, is part of that. Is we yeah. saw the title on the recording tape spool in the interrogation room. So the umbrella and the title there. But uh, <clears throat> we get a little bit of a... It's related to her conversation between carl and sissy which i was just like fuck you carl Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah screw you his his, his thought process makes sense in a way but then also sissy kind of brings up a good point like what would a kgb agent you know want to have to do with wrecking the lives of some randos on a farm in texas like there's absolutely nothing gonna gain from that i don't know why exactly Makes no sense. Yeah. And then also in that house and with that family, we see that's the first time we really see that something's definitely up with Harlan and this connection between them. And I was like, Oh, I really, really want to know what it is. And so of course it comes back up later while she's being like full on tortured where he's got the electricity cranked up all the way. And you kind of see that 
Harlan definitely mm-hmm. has this connection because it feels it seems like he's feeling the effects of her torture. At least he's kind of mimicking and mirroring mirroring her actions, even to the point of whenever she's speaking, he speaks, and you know she opens up her eyes and they're glowing, and then right there, kind of at the end, near the end, it's the same thing with him where his eyes are glowing and he's is he about to explode in some kind of you know powerful bomb as well. Right. Yeah, I still don't fully understand. I. It seems like there was some type of power exchange and or an energy transfer that has clearly affected him, and they definitely seem to be synced up in some way that he's feeling what she's feeling, and, and there's definitely a deeper connection with, with both of them. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And then, of course, mm-hmm. I know it's going to, you know, dive right in into the next episode. We're going to have to pick up on this where I'm like, you can't end here where this whole FBI building is about to explode. And Allison and Klaus and Diego are there. And, you know, they bring up a good point. I was like, wait, who are we supposed to be saving her from? It's like the FBI. Well, they're all stuck to the ceiling, dead. So why is she not stopping? Exactly. What What's happening here? Yeah, who are they who who are they saving her from? <laughs> because she seems to have a handle on the situation. Uh a little overboard yeah. as Vanya tends to do. Which I mean, I don't fully blame her in this situation either. It's not like she knows this is going to be the event that triggers a nuclear war down the road because it's all about what what happens is we see when going back to when Diego's looking at the 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 screens with Herb is kind of what it boils down to is this event of the FBI building exploding because of Vanya creates this thought in the U.S.'s mind that the Russians, because they think she's Russian, caused this. Mm -hmm. And so they retaliate against Russia with their own bombs. But since Russia actually had nothing to do with it, they retaliate back to the U.S., causes a chain reaction, a nuclear war. Boom. There we go. Cool. You know. So you think that when they're speculating that Vanya is Russian, that they're able to say, well, we had someone in custody who we believe was Russian, like a Russian spy or covert agent, something like that. And so, and then somehow she was able to cause, I mean, I don't think they're going, uh, thinking superpowers, but somehow able to cause this explosion. They're going to say Vanya did it. And and then they're going to blame, you know, well, she's Russian and she was a, Russian so agents, was, so the Russians yeah, okay. did this, so now we have to get them back, which that that's what causes the chain reaction. That, that makes yeah. sense. Because, yes, tensions are already high, mm-hmm. you know. Makes sense. And so I, I know she's just, it's more of self-defense in her eyes. You know, she she doesn't know that it's going to set off this chain reaction towards nuclear war, so I can't blame her 100%. Although, yeah, like they say, it's, you know, all, all the FBI people that were in that area with her, they're all dead now, so... I don't know what she's continuing on for other than maybe she just gets past a point where she can't control it anymore. Yeah. That's what it almost seemed like from season one. Like she was just so far gone after having all of the repressed emotions. And I wonder if she, it was kind of a different way where her, she wasn't necessarily suppressing her emotions, but because she's suppressing who she was and I think once she remembered who she truly was, like she was getting a little bit like, oh, I have siblings and you guys are my brothers and sisters. And, you know, she, but she didn't know the true history of all of that. And I think that when she 
you know, as she's being tortured, I mean, clearly that probably triggered her power, of yeah. course. And that, you know, they, they couldn't know that, of course, when, when they're doing <laughs> that. But I think that that definitely puts her into a fight or flight kind of mode and so it triggers her powers and it probably gets a little bit more extreme than than necessary but also i think at the same time when she comes out of that uh, trip that they put her under then she realizes oh now i remember now i remember who i am i remember what my childhood was like i remember what was done to me and i think all of that came in all of it flooding in at once is Again, a lot of trauma to put herself under right at once. And yeah, as she's being yeah, tortured. That seems to be a big trigger <laughs> yeah. for her going boom and is a lot of trauma piling yeah. on top of each other. And that's definitely a lot of it. Yeah, it's a lot for anyone to go through mm. for sure. Um, so it's hard to to blame her so much, but clearly she has doesn't have a lot of control, yeah. you know, when it comes to her powers and, and what she can do and you know, she seems to say, oh, it's okay. I got it. I can do this. Cause everybody's kind of afraid it, if she flips that switch, she's going to go from zero to a hundred uh-huh. and she's like, no, it's okay. And she just, you know, blows up a fruit salad or blows up a fruit tray or something <laughs> at the table. Oh, I got this. It's fine. Clearly she doesn't have it. There was a lot that, ha- and you know, she didn't have a lot of control to be able to rein that in mm-hmm. because, um, she's getting ready to explode that building. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was really hard to stop on this oh, one. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have to watch this one really soon. That was a really great uh, number one. Um, anything else you want to say about That's that? That's it. Okay. Well, I swapped mine uh, just to make it a little easier. Uh, so I I wanted to kind of mention this one's kind of short and sweet, but I thought it was – uh, interesting because it's going to definitely move some things forward and see, you know, kind of intrigues me to see what happens next. And that is the last sweet. Yeah. Dude is intense, by the way. Definitely. I mean, he's clearly torn up about what he's done. He's killed his own brother and he remembers. I didn't know. I always wondered, like, do people remember after Allison rumors them? Mm-hmm. Do they remember that? They might, but I don't, I don't know if he remembers. I don't know if he is aware that he was like rumored for all that we know, he might just feel like he made that choice on his own for whatever reason. And that's going to haunt him even more. True. So, but he's, he's reliving that he's reminiscing over, you know, pictures of, of them as, as young boys. And the dude is so torn up over killing his brother. He's getting ready to chop off his own hand in repentance. Intense. That's what I'm saying. Intense. Um, and then what stops him is he gets this, an, an, you know, like another assignment coming down the, the chimney as as it happens, but then finds out uh, after you know kind of seeing that this looks like a fake canister type device or something like something looks a little fishy about mm-hmm. it, and then he catches a whiff of lavender. <laughs> I won't even attempt lavender. it in that very strange <laughs> accent. Yeah, lavender. Uh, lavender. However, she says it. I can't say that. That's terrible. I'm going to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, and comes to find out, she's kind of been behind a lot of of what they've been, you know, sending them out on these missions, and she's been manipulating them the whole time. And he doesn't take it so well. Yeah. So, kind of wondering if he's going to 
do the commission a favor uh, and go yeah, after man. the handler and take Maybe. her out. Like she's taken out the board. I definitely see him about to go on a war path for sure. Cause that's I, how he I is. Think, yeah. <laughs> he's lost both of his brothers. Mm-hmm. Is she sent him out on, cause if he's, if he's connecting those dots and realizes that she's been behind the whole thing yeah. of sending them out there, like, was it the commission that sent them out? Was it she that initially sent them out? And then of course, since they've been there, I think the commission sent them originally. Them. Cause we see way early, like in episode two, it was where AJ says, you know, we have agents on the ground who are dealing with stuff. That's true. So that's I think that's true. who they were referring she, to, who he's referring to is them. But she's been sending him off on other fake things to try to, you know, do things her way. I think probably pull things, exactly, pull things in yeah. her favor. Yeah. Setting them up yeah. and trying to keep them away from five and all of this. Well, she's, I think, getting ready to um, answer for that. <laughs> he was pretty pissed And off. I think he'll do more than Clearly. just a bullet to the head that ends up not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he'll make sure the job's done. So if I were her, I'd be a little yeah. worried. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that guy after me. So anyway, short and sweet, but that, you know, I thought that was worth mentioning because I think, you know, there's definitely going to, something is going to come into play there. Um, do you have any notes? Um, actually, no, we covered all of my extra notes on other stuff, so I'm good. Aside from the music. Oh, I'm looking <laughs> right. And I'm just, I'm going through mine and we've talked about, uh, the Grace and Reginald scene, uh, the good lines. Uh, yeah. Oh, the one, oh, okay. One more that I'm going to mention it, maybe not necessarily, it was kind of funny, uh, but I don't know, coming from Reginald, I don't know. It was just different when, uh, Grace asks Reginald when he comes in, she's like, are you involved in something nefarious? And he says, quite often. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very much often involved in some nefarious <laughs> business. You're probably going to have to get a little bit more specific. Yeah. You know, I thought that was just uh, kind of funny. So that was the only uh, thing in my notes that we haven't already covered. So I'm ready to hear some music right. um, info for this episode. Which there's honestly not really a lot. Uh, this mm-hmm. this episode was kind of light on the music, um, but yeah, yeah, the main one that most people will care about, or more people will, is you kind of mentioned it earlier. Is yeah, Butthole Surfers, their song Pepper, is playing while Vanya is beginning her LSD trip, and then really most of the rest of the episode is a lot of APM music, which is like mm-hmm. not royalty free, but it's it's kind of a a music database and library that films and TV use and they pay you know to use a bunch of different songs and a lot of it this episode was was that stuff from that that library and they they probably had to uh you know they've they've probably almost maxed out (laughs) after paying out royalties to the backstreet boys and kiss and (laughs) Uh, and, they're using up their budget coming to the end of the season you know what (laughs) gonna use some of that stock music I got a couple of other little uh, Irish songs, Irish ones that I could find exactly what they were. We get the artist Buzz Buddies with the song Old Pals Jigs, just playing while nice. Luther is first talking with Five and Five at the bar. And then another song called Patty's Leather Breeches by Austin Ince and Frankie Hepburn, while Luther and the older Five are returning from the bathroom. So if you like some good, like... Lovely. Irish jiggy music, then there you go. 
<laughs> I love Irish music. Just give me some Dropkick Murphys any oh, yeah. day That's, of the week. I love St. Patrick's oh Day when it comes around. I've got my whole playlist of, yep, Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly and the Tossers and the Pogues and all that. Yep, it's, it's great stuff to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... A, a lot i've done the whole 23 and me thing which i already kind of knew but getting some of that confirmation was fun you know i'm very very irish <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I, I i loved that when they when they come into this irish pub i felt really at home i love a good irish oh pub. yeah best um, irish pub story <laughs> humble brag self brag a little bit was uh, a couple years mm-hmm. back me and my grandmother were in new york city and saw a play on broadway with daniel radcliffe uh, but it was, nice. it was called the cripple of a Nishman and he played, yeah. I mean like a, a crippled boy in this little Irish town and it was all like very heavy Irish accents and fecking everything <laughs> scattered yes. throughout. And yes. it was a really great play. But then of course, when we got done with that for lunch, it was a matinee showing. And so we went and got lunch afterwards and of course we had to find a great Irish pub right there in Manhattan and they had like a live band and the music was going. We got like shepherd's pie and stuff. It was a great Irish day. It was fun. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. I, I, I'm so happy you had oh, that yeah. experience and I encourage everyone to, to have a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love a good Irish pub. I haven't been to one in a while though. We don't really have any good genuine ones around here. I think the last one I went to was, I went to Washington, D.C. last spring, I think around March uh, last year, a uh, girls trip that we did. And our like we all landed around the same, like we all kind of flew in around the same time. And we all uh, met up at the Irish pub as we all got there before we even went to the Airbnb mm-hmm. and such. Uh, we had our <laughs> luggage and everything all piled up in there. And it was just the best. It was just the best, kind of like right there in the middle of D.C. Yeah. And it was uh, a super, super fun place. Uh, it was, a, like I said, it was March, but it was a part of March that was still kind of yeah. cool, a little drizzly. So, of course, I'm like, you know, I think I could use a good Irish coffee yeah. right about now. <laughs> That's... Oh. That hit the spot. Really, kind of warmed warmed oh, yeah. you up, you know, coming in from from that cool drizzly weather, Definitely. you know, because we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a walk from the train station after we got out of the airport and stuff, and had to walk a block or two, hauling your luggage, and you're you're just like shit. Just get me inside in a nice dry place and get me an Irish mm. coffee. Really hit the spot. If you guys, if you haven't already listened to our good friend Derek's podcast he's got lots of great podcasts but he was also covering the umbrella academy he's of course already wrapped his coverage of it he's way faster at it than what we are um but if you dig an irish accent i encourage you to go check out derek and um his friends on uh, tv podcast with their umbrella academy coverage and i think right now they're working on what the boys and lovecraft country kind of back to back bouncing between those those guys are so Mm -hmm. busy and they're so great that they can just put them yeah. out like that so yeah i highly encourage if you dig any of their stuff go look up some of the shows that they cover they they cover some great things you um can thank mm-hmm. me later um that's awesome yeah good good irish pub stuff love that thought that was great and um bring on the the irish music i'm ready for saint patrick's day even though we've got a little ways yeah. to go <laughs> so we didn't really get one this year not here we didn't get oh. one this year we were all yep. on lockdown 
uh, everything was closed and shut down at that time. Things are kind of a little bit open now, but you can't really gather or do mm -hmm. those kinds of things right now. But yeah, I was pretty, it's okay. I still celebrated yeah. at home. I'm going to have a St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. I still am yeah, very much enjoying my yeah, Irish. But I didn't get the usual huge throwdown at the, the local brewery where they have everybody in Lederhosen. No green beer. <laughs> That's Oktoberfest. Uh, but no, but having everybody in like the, the kilts <laughs> and having the big beer steins and yeah, all the fun stuff that goes on. <sighs> The, beer, the green beer and the live music and the just uh, all the Irish food on the menu. And yeah, St. Patrick's Day is always a lot of fun, but <laughs> everybody's Irish on St. Patty's yes. Day. Oh, next year, man. Next year. All right. Well, if that covers uh, our notes and your music info for this episode, that's going to lead us into our listener feedback portion um, of the podcast. Do you want to take that first one for All me? All right. This first one is from Mark Kirkman. He says, I love the feuding between young five and older five. However you want to look at it. The seven stages of paradox psychosis that both fives don't even acknowledge due to their stubbornness. Plus, I really loved Herb and his group of case management. That was great. Don't mess with case <laughs> management. Set, settle down, dots. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Oh, gosh. Thanks, Mark. That's awesome. Um, you can catch Mark and our good friend Steve uh, with their coverage of the Umbrella Academy also on their Panels to Pixels yeah. podcast. They do a great job there. Uh, thanks, Mark. Our next one we have is from our good friend, Doug Fick. He says, finally, an episode that dives right in from the previous one. A few quick hits. Note to self, when hanging around the V-Dog, carry chloroform. <laughs> yep, exactly. It takes her right out. Uh, he goes on, so I guess ghost puke smells even to the ghost? <laughs> Your vagina needs glasses. Can you get LASIK for that? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Let me know mm. if you find out the answer to that one. Um, are we burning or bearing? The seven stages might be an homage to the movie Airplane, when the doctor describes the symptoms of the illness going around the plane. As the captain is getting sick, the symptoms are listed, including rash and uncontrollable flatulence. Hilarious on YouTube. I'm going to check that out. Airplane's one of my all-time faves, FYI. Yeah, one of the best. Uh, he goes on, which five do you believe? If the young five is a blip on the timeline, why was he thrown to Dallas with the rest? And then there's Luther again. Adoy! Three words. Herb, herb, herb. I think Hargreaves is going to kill Grace. And then he, Oof. oh God, that's dark. Let's just believe shit. that she walks away um, and stays that way for her own sake. Oh. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm, maybe I am in the paradox psychosis or experiencing paradox psychosis. I'm yeah. in denial. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend she lives. Uh, he goes on. I think Hargreaves is going to kill Grace and then we'll recreate her as robot, I guess. I wonder if Diego will find this out. Vanya, she will always be the bomb and not in a good way. There should be a sad trombone sound after that. Like, Vanya, not again. Womp, womp. <laughs> LSD was once used as a therapeutic drug to recover repressed memories and emotions and was used by the CIA starting in the early 1960s for interrogations. Well, V certainly has a lot repressed, am I right? 
I wonder how Harlan is going to play in the final episodes. I guess he desses old man for starters. <laughs> Looks like we're building up for the crescendo. Looking forward to it. Be safe and well. So thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. You too. Looks like Doug's got a little um, education on LSD too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Doug, so much for your feedback. Appreciate that. Thank you guys for writing in. Always love getting your feedback. Um, we do have a couple of voice messages as well. Uh, first one that we have is from our good friend, Greg. Hey, Rima. Hey, Peg. This is Greg. I uh, call on about episode eight of the Umbrella Academy season two. Uh, so Lila is still hot and it's, <laughs> she's even more hot when she smiles like uh, she did whenever the handler uh, allowed her to keep Diego and almost like, okay, you can keep him, but you're going to take care of him. And you're going to have to kill him if he fucks up. Um, but, but she's just very, very pretty. And just the smile uh, you know, on her face just lights up the room. Uh, having said that, uh, I did feel kind of bad for her when Diego pretty much just shit the bed and uh, took off with a briefcase and La Resistance and Herb. Um, apparently, Vanya can't get out of her way or get out of her own way. She will always be the apocalypse always which sucks because uh she's actually like you know kind of getting to know herself um all right anyway so i give this episode uh 6.3 out of seven signs of paranoid psychosis <laughs> psychosis i think that's what it was and uh i look forward to the podcast later <laughs> that's awesome great points greg yeah, poor vanya it really is that she just no matter what happens, no matter what she does, it's always her fault and she doesn't even mean for it to be. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. I do. I do feel bad for her. I feel like I said, I feel like she's got good justification for being pissed off and emotional. And I think that you're allowed to feel your emotions. It's just unfortunate that she's so damn yeah. powerful that, you know, her her uncontrollable emotions and, and rage. Uh, and she, you know, kind of going into... Uh, her power's coming out and uh, hurts people, yep. uh, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can do something to prevent that from happening. And it was kind of funny how they're watching that timeline as Diego and Herb are kind of watching that. And he's like, so this is what happens? Like, he doesn't even, like, it's funny just how the, it, like, I guess time yeah. works in the continuum and they don't know everything that happens in every single timeline and you know, he was like, oh, so that happens. It's like, no, he's supposed to get like assassinated, but instead yeah. this happens. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Thanks, Greg. Super awesome to hear from you as always. Um, we have another voice message from our good friend, Daphne. Hi, Rima and Paik. This is Daphne sending in my feedback for Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 8, The Seven Stages. Wow, this episode probably is my least favorite of the season so far, but there were still some pretty cool things that happened. Loved seeing Ben and Klaus connect over Ben's full body experience. And Lila should have realized that Diego doesn't belong to anyone, especially her. Although I do think that they care a lot about each other, whether he wants to admit it or not. I loved Diego meeting Herb. Can we hope that he takes over the 
whole commission at some point. That would be cool. Yeah, good idea. Learning the seven stages of the paradox psychosis. Um, we saw six of the stages with five and five. And I can't even... It was just crazy. Vanya is always a bomb. We've learned that. We should just consider that every season from now on. I thought she was able to control things, but I guess... I guess not. Not with the acid. Why do I think that when Ray said goodbye to Allison, that was the last time he was going to see her? Something just makes me think that... We're coming to the end of the season, and now they're going to be parting from the people they care about, including Allison and Ray. Anyway, that's what I think. I'm wondering what you guys think. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Good points, Daphne. Yeah, I, I don't. I, f- I feel like Ray's probably not much longer for this show, and whether hopefully it's just because they travel back to current times or a different time and just kind of leave him there i hope nothing bad happens to him because he is a wonderful character yeah i hope the worst that he gets is just mm-hmm. the broken heart by allison having to leave him in the in the timeline yeah which is still sad and tragic but at least he's alive <laughs> so but hey i like <laughs> it's my hope like i said i'm 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 really wishing for things to kind of turn out a little bit better than what they normally yeah. do on this show so i think i'm living a little bit of a uh, sunshine and rainbow world at the moment but um yeah. that's but no I, I totally i like her idea and that's a political campaign i can get behind is herb for commission leader 2020 let's herb. go herb for the commission. <laughs> yeah i'm all about that i can get behind that 100 percent. and i'm curious Daphne. you said this was one of your least favorite episodes so far of the season i'm curious if your mind changes a little bit um, after listening to the podcast a little bit, if you feel a little bit differently and if you don't, that's okay, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. So let us know. All right. We have one more voice message from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hello, strange indeed. Bacon Rima. This is Steve. This is for uh, umbrella Academy season two, episode eight. I've watched it once and you know, we got a lot of answers in this episode. And I'm, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm going to talk about here that I'll probably talk about on my podcast. I've only watched it once. But in case I forget to mention on my podcast, I want to make sure to acknowledge that it really gave me flashbacks to the Murrah building uh, here in Oklahoma City uh, in 1995 mm-hmm. with that destruction of the, the FBI building. So I thought that was uh, that was really interesting. It didn't hit me until this morning. I mean, I watched it yesterday, and it just hit me this morning. The the similarities there uh, with that, and but we get you know the answer to what started the n- nuclear war that it was Vanya destroying the the federal building and Kennedy not being assassinated, and so we find out. I wonder how Diego is going to handle this when he finds out. Well, I guess he, he does know that Kennedy has to be assassinated in order for the timeline to stay correct. So, okay, uh, it's a quick one, but I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. Talk to you later. Ooh, that's a really good oh, thought wow. that his I, like main goal, you know, has been to try to save Kennedy, and now he has to he not can't. save Kennedy. He has to let things happen that way so the world doesn't end. 
Yeah, and and wasn't it that Five said that he his other version of himself, the older version of himself, was there to make sure that it happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's he's that was kind of his whole thing in in the commission. He was an assassin, but it was his his part of his job was to keep keep things happening as they're supposed yeah. to happen in the timeline to make sure that no one thwarts these important events to keep the timeline correct. Because when it doesn't happen, uh, then well, I guess yeah. the apocalypse <laughs> happens. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so so yeah, and and yeah, you know, I didn't. I really didn't put that together, but what a triggering kind of moment for, for so many, I'm sure kind of seeing that didn't make that connection, but yeah, the, when Steve mentioned, you know, the uh, explosion that happened at the mirror building in Oklahoma city all those years ago, that was such a tragic event in uh, history for us. Thank you, Steve. It's always good to hear your feedback every week as you're so devoted to sending us feedback on whatever it is that we're covering, but especially because you're covering this show at the same time that you're like, I'm going to throw you guys Mm -hmm. some feedback, even though I'm covering the same show is always much appreciated. And it's appreciated from everyone that takes the time. It's so humbling, as I mentioned every week, that everyone is like, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to write into, you know, on the Facebook page, I'm going to send a voice message, send an email. Um, Any way that you guys reach out to us is always humbling because it means that, you know, you're out there and you're listening to us and means a lot. Thanks guys. Appreciate hearing from all of you. Keep writing in. So next week on Strange Indeed, we'll be covering season two, episode nine from the Umbrella Academy titled 743 or 743. I'm not sure what, I'm not going to speculate clearly. I was very (laughs) off by last week's when we were talking about the seven stages and what that, that meant. So I have no idea where this is going to go. Any thoughts? No idea. On that one. So. Yeah, I, I don't even look at the mm-hmm. descriptions again since they can be kind of spoilery. So I have no clue, and I'm not even going to yeah. try to speculate because clearly I'm not uh-huh. very good at that. Just, we'll just wait and find out. <laughs> I'm good with that. We're just going to wait and find out. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm okay. Gosh, two more oh, episodes man, to go. Man, it's crazy that it's it's coming to an end. I know we're coming up on the penultimate episode. Sometimes some of the biggest things happen yeah. in those penultimate episodes. So. Let's see. Well, until then, we are really excited for you to follow us through time. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, please do. I think it's it's been a little while, so uh, leave us something nice. Yeah. Uh, it's always uh, appreciated. Uh, and yeah, other great podcasts on pa- podcastica.com. We just wrapped up our Cobra Kai uh, season two yeah. coverage. Okay. Uh, we are anxiously awaiting <laughs> for season three. Uh, so yeah, check check that out and uh, check out all the great podcasts. And since we're talking about great podcasts, Pake, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about what uh, you and Daphne are covering because you guys have a great podcast called Run For Your Lives. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're covering this week. All right. Well, our Twister episode has been out for this week. So that's the newest one that is out that people can listen to. And then... nice. 
this weekend, our newest episode, will be covering the, I want to say 2006 Korean monster film directed by Bong Joon-ho called The Host. You may know him, that director, from movies like Snowpiercer and Okja and Best Picture of 2019, Parasite. So this is one of his earlier works, and it is a lot of fun to talk about. He is a very interesting filmmaker. And if you haven't seen any of his films, I highly encourage it. Parasite was really great. So good. It was so worth the it was so worth the hype. Sometimes I'm like this okay, it was good, but it was not worth the hype. Parasite was worth the hype. Yeah. <laughs> so was, if you haven't seen the, really the host, great. yeah, definitely check it out because it's it's that same kind of very, you know, human level family, you know, kind of storytelling that you see there, but with a backdrop of a awesome. monster movie. So <laughs> and it's available on Hulu for anybody who wants to watch it and then listen to our podcast. Give us some feedback. (laughs) As you you should. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can check out Paik and Daphne um, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can check them out at runforyourlivespodcast.com. So be sure to do that. All right. Thank you. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And Sunny Ayasir is strange indeed. I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm.